0: Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Hey, I am so excited for this episode of thank you for you. <laughs> so I got to sit down and talk with my good friend, Lindsay, on this episode, and she is one of my favorite humans in the world. She is one of my soul sisters. She is someone I go to when I'm trying to think bigger, when I'm concerned about how we're impacting the planet, um, when I want to be grounded in just like who I am and purpose and like, what are we doing here? She is one of the people on my like board of directors, so to speak, where I trust her fully um, and just respect and admire her so much. So before we hop into our casual conversation where you'll feel like you're drinking coffee and hanging out with us, I want to share her um, official bio with you. So Dr. Lindsay Padilla is the ex-professor turned entrepreneur behind OnCourse Social, the dynamic prompt calendar tool, and Build a Better Beta, an online program that helps experts and educators alike launch their first course quickly and easily. She is also the CEO and co-founder of Hello Audio, which takes your content and creates private audio feeds to make consumption easier for your people. All of her frameworks were born out of her tenure track years teaching adults online at community college, the ridiculous amount of learning she's done in all things education, and the years spent growing her course creation business online. So Lindsay is amazing. All of her products I think I've bought. <laughs> Build a Better Beta is a really cool course when you're trying to get your first course out there that walks you through the whole process. Shiny Sales um, is now powered by Hello Audio, so you can check out the podcast version of that. Um, and Lindsay is just such a dynamic and wonderful being, and I am so excited to share this conversation with you. So without further ado, Enjoy. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. <sighs> so, as we kind of hop into this conversation, the first question that I like to ask everyone, pretty much no matter what I'm doing with them, is who are you and how did you get here? Oof. Yeah, I know. Heavy, it. Right? it can be small or big or whatever. We're here for it.
1: Who are you? A teacher, mm-hmm. a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know what else. Not yet a mother, but kind of, <laughs> which we can maybe talk about, um, in process of, um, yeah, like an. I like to say I'm an accidental entrepreneur.
0: An accidental uh, because, entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I like to use that title a lot. So yeah, I'm a lot of those things in the moment. Clearly, there's some identity
0: stuff happening, as there always is. Everyone so, constant. I think. I think life might just be like a big identity crisis over the span right. of a hundred years. Yeah, because you open a different door and you're like, oh, yeah. this is
1: happening now,
0: and this is <laughs> we are here now. Yeah, we're
1: here now, and there's a secret world, and you open another door. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so um, I think, it, but what's interesting is we've known each other for, what, four years now? Mm-hmm. Four, I think in October was when I first met you at that event. I yeah, think. I think you're right. I probably knew who you were before that, um, because you were famous online. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I oh, thought oh. you were. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> um Really though, yeah, and so yeah, and man, if you ask me that day, like what I like, who yeah. was I? The the identity of the academic and the professor was like a huge thing, and now, um, even just saying that, like now I'm I'm grappling with motherhood and um and that kind of thing as as somebody who's experienced recurrent miscarriages, trying to get pregnant, I'm like, oh, like this is something else now that's like mm-hmm. in my world that I you know, and trying on and being and stumbling through. Uh, but I felt very like that when I was transitioning from academia to entrepreneurship. And I think there was a lot of doubt um, mm-hmm. about like, who am I to like leave this job that I thought I wanted forever? And that was my dream job. And, um, and so I really grappled with that now. So you even bringing it up, just noticing, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this yeah. new thing. Exploring and just juxtaposing that with four years ago with the academic and the entrepreneur, I very well fit into now being an entrepreneur. That makes sense, but also recognizing that I'm still an academic. And that is yeah. how I'm exploring this miscarriage stuff as well, like diving into the literature. What's the research saying? Yeah. All of those things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a huge part of who I am. And I might not be at an institution, you know, teaching at a college. Um, you know, oh my gosh, especially right now, <laughs> I'm right, so pretty right. grateful for that. But I am, um, I still like hold a lot of that identity because a lot of my values come from that. And a lot mm-hmm. of the way I show up in the world comes from that. So um, yeah, fascinating stuff. Good, good first question.
0: <laughs> well, it's really interesting what you say, because you were called into academia. Like, would you say that that was your calling, so to speak? A thousand percent. Okay. And it's interesting to me to hear too, that even as you're kind of like evolving and becoming more and more of like this grander person, human, really just like embodying more and more of you, like that still remains true.
1: Yeah. It didn't go away. It's like, it, yeah, it's showing more of the complexity of who I am. And now Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking about, and this year has been fascinating for many people. Yeah. 2020, (laughs) 2020, like, yeah. Um, the idea of being a s like creating a SaaS product, a software. Yeah. How much did I grapple with that? I was like, no, I teach and I help people create courses and I help them teach better online oh, crap, I think I need to create a software. And it was like, should yeah. I create it? Should I have someone help me? Do I need someone to help me? And all as all of that burned down? No, I'm creating it. Right. And so I'm also the CEO of an
0: accidental software company. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, let's talk about accidents for a second. Yeah. I think that's interesting, right? Like right. for To a certain extent, in a way when you're kind of like following that calling and following the breadcrumbs, right. And taking step by step, like some really cool accidents tend to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's interesting how, like, as we start to go through them intentionally, which like you've done with the SAS product. So Hello Audio is a company and like this, that took more than just an accident because there's commitment (laughs) after the accident. Right. (laughs) Of like, ah, we're here. And, and now I'm, am I choosing this? Yes, I am choosing this. What does that mean? Who do I become? Like, and it's this whole process, right? And this feels really hard. Yeah. Like (laughs) there was a lot of difficult things that came up in that process
1: and I'm sure there will be more, Um, but yeah, that really, and then having you guys as support too, um, Mm -hmm. we're in a, like a peer mastermind together again, transcending years, transcending business yeah. models, transcending like all the things and, and having that like stable to be able to like, you know, be like, this is happening and have you guys reflect back to me. Like, I think this means you should do this. Right. And, like not telling me what to do, but re- like, I can see myself, you know, making choices and knowing that I have support in these really scary things that are happening. Yeah. And, um, I think that's really important too. And I think I feel like I've kind of always had that, or I've, I've called that in. And I think that's helped me make, follow those breadcrumbs because you yeah. have people that can say, you know, keep going yeah. <laughs> one step at a time, one Monday at a time as we totally. were just
0: saying. Yeah. Yes. I think it's really important to have people in your life. And so what Lindsay's talking about is I have a like peer mastermind called quantum quarter. Um, and it is a amazing group of women who we've been together for the last three years or so I don't know but it feels like a million years in internet time (laughs) um and being able to like hold space for each other and really see each other in our power is something that I think is really unique and important as we are like navigating these decisions and to have people who can hold space for you to be in your bubble without being like um you should blah 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 and like shooting on you all the time yep Instead, yep. it's a really cool environment where we're like, "Here's what I'm thinking," and you get to be seen in your full range of emotions, yep. and then kind of like navigate from there. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So, question for you, uh, and this is going to seem a little left field, perhaps, but like, did you have a favorite teacher growing up?
1: Oh yeah, I had one in like every like of the ma- like what is it called grade? Yeah. Not grade levels, but um, like subject areas subject like primary middle school, oh, and gotcha. high school and college like there's like gotcha. at least one teacher that stands out in in each of those like phases and so um bb middle school was a little you're, for me at least I, I know it's different in different countries and and um mm-hmm. even different cities i think depending on where you live uh it was only 2 years and it's mm-hmm. such a weird transition period so like mm-hmm. i had a teacher that i really liked but it wasn't like Whatever, but in elementary school, yes, I had Mrs. Holman, yes. uh, who I had for second grade, third grade, and then she like loved that cohort so much, she met us back in sixth grade. Actually. Oh my god, that's so cute! Yeah, so I had her for almost half of my uh, primary education, and uh, I think she's like really the being a teacher is so fun. Like I wanted to like be her, and me and my best friend would like help her. You know, we were like her little helpers, and um, yeah, she, like, saw things in me, like... I was struggling with math. Um, I had always struggled with it. And when she kept me from second to third grade, she was like, hey, you should take your times tables on your trip this summer with your grandma. And I remember like being on an airplane studying and I could, I, I did see a change. So I just needed like a little more time. And this is, this is heavily researched in education where the gap of summer is like kind of a big deal and, and kids come back and they lose mm-hmm. some. And so people that might need that extra help and I didn't feel like I was doing work, but then she also nurtured my artistic creative side and was always just like, you're such a good artist. You're so good at this. And like, and so she really it's, you know, she had a big impact on seeing myself as like a creative person, as somebody who is good at things and who could get good at math. And then of course I went to someone else for fourth and fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Not good. And, and just like seeing how important that influence is and just recognizing and I came back in 6th grade and I wasn't doing that well and I think that stuck with me. It was like it was like those formative years are huge. Yeah. Um and then I think like every educator that I had that was a big deal and all the way through my PhD programs um they all were like brought their little special flair to teaching as a person. Mm-hmm. Um and I carried that with me as well. I felt like, you know, I can't be You know, Dr. Che, who was like amazing, this amazing radical, like anti capitalist Marxist, like just like badass. And like, I can't be him. However, I can like, That fire and passion, um, I felt that when I was teaching. And so I would carry him through or like, um, I'm trying to think if uh, Mr. Coleman, my history teacher was hilarious. And I was like, I like teaching history because it's a lot of stories and he would just tell stories and use voices and make sounds. And again, not my style of teaching but that like connection of being yeah. like you can be funny and you're kind of on stage i picked up on that right and so this whole like just like seeing people in their element teachers in their element like 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 zoning in on what they do best um and who they are and revealing that to the students um, was then something that I, I realized I love talking about. And so I, I kind of stepped into entrepreneurship being like, we're all teachers. And yeah. just because you don't have the best camera or just because, you know, I don't know, you're shy on camera, whatever, um, it doesn't mean you're not a good teacher. And people elevate some of these, People of like, oh, it has to be look perfect, or I have to have the best setup, and I have to be funny, and I have to be all these things, and it's like, no, you have to be you, and yeah. that's like the starting point, and then finding that and, <laughs> and 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 highlighting it. And there are some teachers that I had a teacher that was, I think, in my like undergrad, that was like pretty boring from a like history teacher perspective. Mm-hmm. Like he would write his outline on the chalkboard and just talk the entire time, mm-hmm. but I was like riveted not my style again <laughs> yeah but like just fascinating to see these different like nuances of educators and how if you try to fit yourself into something else uh your students pick up on that and that discomfort is actually creates the disconnection not like you trying to perform in some perfect oh way gosh. i think it, i'm sure it's highlighted in the online space when you're you have this camera and that does feel very different mm-hmm. um, but it's still like the general principles are still there. So yes, yeah. I've had lots of favorite teachers. Oh my
0: God, that was so good. I loved uh, I, just the whole concept that like, it's really about being you and embodying yeah. that, like is the most important thing that I think all this comes down to. I feel like I come to the same uh, conclusion when we're talking about sales and marketing. It's like, mm. how can you just be yourself and then consensually walk people your through decision-making? Yeah. Like, yeah. And when you see your power and your knowledge, like- you are teaching a lot of the time and yep. even we're not even just teaching the curriculum, right. Or the content, like we're um, teaching people, I think how to be themselves yep. and be yep. comfortable in that. And that's what it feels like stands out about those teachers too, is like, yeah, I wouldn't do it like that, but being in your presence, of the way that. that feels right. Like, yes. Add to cart. Yep. Versus
1: all the ones who I couldn't even remember a name, right? And right. that's like really powerful too.
0: And I mean, maybe I
1: like certain people that other people didn't like. And I think that's also key in sales and marketing as well is you're not for everybody. There's no magic way that you have to be to attract everyone because that literally just doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when people kind of like come to you and they are exploring like teaching and business and kind of like this world of bringing those two things together, <laughs> How do you suggest someone like actually kind of finds themselves in that process? Like, how do you, instead of erasing yourself to be your content or how to teach, like, how do you tell people to infuse themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And what I, I, it, it's kind of a crappy answer. Like, it's not the one that people are going to want to hear. Like, no, perfect. I, bring mean, it. <laughs> I mean, yes ask yourself what things you're good at. And like, Mm -hmm. and, and I think going in knowing, Hey, like, I don't have to like try to learn how to be funny. If like, that's just not who you are. So I think like just starting from your general personality. Right. Um, And saying like, how can I, maximize this right and what are my strengths and how can I because if you're trying to create that connection it's going to be in your strengths and not necessarily in your weaknesses per se but your weaknesses become part of who like just being who you are so my people know that like I do certain things but I'm really transparent about it and so they're not like oh I was expecting something else that's because you're not showing up as all of you right with the shadows too um But I would say, so think about it from there. But then it's also literally like you just have to do. Um, And that's kind of why I built Build a Better Beta the way I did, where people are creating their first course and they're so hung up on the technology and the videos and all these things. And I'm just like, strip that away. Like, what are you teaching? Who are you and who are your students? Like if we if you have those three main things. And say, great, let's get you in front of people as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And in front could look different for people. So maybe it's not Mm -hmm. in camera for the first whatever, but getting in front of those folks and like what, just support them, give them your everything and see what feels good and what doesn't feel good because... Um, any educator, like, of course, I'm talking about people that have been teaching for a really long time. All of those mm-hmm. people were, you know, this wasn't their first year. I think this Holman, I might've been close to her first year, but either way um, they learned how to show up as themselves because there's a lot of fear around like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for these, you know, 30 minds or a hundred or 200. And it, it is very real when you're like up in front of them Mm-hmm. and uh, it's just you and them hanging out. And so what are you going to do with them? And it is your responsible to, responsibility to take them through something. And so, you know, I was terrible in the beginning of my teaching. <laughs> I was like, a, you know, terrible in the sense of like, I did everything I could to make it interesting. I knew the things I didn't like about lectures and whatever. And so I taught kind of what I wanted but I wasn't comfortable. Like I wasn't ready for a random question or whatever, something to happen in class. Um, And uh, it, it took me just, yeah, practice to get comfortable with my subject. And that's obviously very specific too. And I think in the online space, a lot of people teach things that they've already done in some Mm -hmm. way, and they're working on creating a process around it. You know, some of those first few times teaching something, it's probably not going to perfectly land. And um, I think just the tip would be just to allow that to be in Process and that's the key too. Is like you can't teach it perfectly right out the gate. Impossible, even the best educators in the world. Right? You have to like teach into it, like
0: practice. Ah, I love that. Teach into it. Yeah. And
1: so that's how I would say. Like, if you want to discover who you are as an educator, it's gonna be like through the act of teaching (laughs) that you discover. And it doesn't mean that the people that experienced you early on got the short end of the stick. It's just it's just different and you probably get better and you can let go of things and turn things over to process. You just get more confident and there's not as much doubt in your head. Like that other voice saying, Oh, like you're not doing this right. Or, Oh, you're losing them. And, and how you treat that voice is very different when you've done it for, you know, taught it over and over again.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many like life lessons in that. And just like, (laughs) seriously, like, but the, oh my gosh, just what you said about like allowing it to be the process and having to like, if you want to get good at something, you have to jump in and do it. Like if you want to be an Olympic swimmer, you're going to have to jump in the pool at some point and like be a shitty swimmer so you can get to be a good swimmer. right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, Like, and so many people. And I think that's the big jump into when you first decide to start a business or be an entrepreneur, it is so hard to jump in the pool. Like, and I think some people will dip their toe in other people will jump in. Some people have to be pushed in. Like Mm. there's all different styles there. And when you can just commit to like, all right, I'm going to get wet. Like, and that's (laughs) step one, right? Like, and I feel like build a better beta is so incredible in that because it's very much like you have enough, you are enough. Like and by you not teaching, you're like, this is a disservice to people. Like, so why Correct. don't you show up and figure it out? And I love the transparency that you teach, the open and honesty of like, listen, this is the first one and I'm here co-creating with you versus yep. this is going to be perfect.
1: Yeah. And like yeah. I
0: think people really appreciate that too.
1: For sure. And like most people are like, yeah, I would have sat back and downloaded or watched one more webinar, or bought mm-hmm. another course. And it's like, they're not going to teach you literally right. <laughs> what you need to learn through practice. It's, it's impossible. And so I yeah. was just like, how can I just like strip that away? And then even for some people who get one or two students that first run, um, you know, we teach them through the like, that's good. And you're building an asset. And like, look, you took an action that if you were doing this crazy launch, <laughs> you never mm-hmm. would have got, and you could have still had the same results. Right. And so right. that's what I want people to realize is like, there's, um, the act of teaching I think is the most important part. And like, sh- and the commitment from the student and that exchange of money, um, the selling is really important, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this like perfect like, uh, orchestrated selling, like with the perfect sales page and the perfect copy. Um, because that takes time and energy. And, um, usually that time and energy could be spent somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. I want them to, to spend that time and energy, like taking care of their students and like figuring out exactly what they need to do to be able to teach it. And that's better energy, better spent at that time in your business.
0: Mm. So as someone who's built a business, like from Right, consulting, sort of like side hustle, right? And then grown that into. You had like an agency at one point, right? I did. I was like working on that. Being, okay, and then yeah. you had like a course business. You also have like a very successful, profitable funnel that's happening, yeah. and you yeah. have a SaaS company at this point. Yeah. So, like a lot of expansion and growth has happened over the last <laughs> few years. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like you had to unlearn, kind of coming into all of this, and as you've grown and expanded? cool. Not not to put you on the spot or anything, but the perfection and outside validation, which
1: I was just saying, right? Like, of course. I mean, but really though, I think like one of the bigger ones was, well, to bring it back to the beginning, that identity and shedding of the academic in an institution with a salary. And um, so that, that part, I think of that I generate money myself through my creative ventures and things that I like to pour myself into. Cause I've also, there's many things that I've launched or tried to push out there that felt horrific. Um, and so those shifts, um, where it's like, what feels really good? What am I excited about? And how can I build a business that like funnels that way? Because then, um, and by funnel, I don't mean like funnel, but like funnel energy, <laughs> right, uh, right. Channel maybe is better. Um, I don't want to mix up the marketing conversation, but uh, yeah. So like that channeling of energy towards things that are enjoyable and fun and easy and feel easy again, I, you know, wish I could have told myself that like, that's what it would look like or could look like. And instead I push through. And I think I think that's part of my generator. But it's also part of the academic like type a like, it's like, oh, you have to suffer a little bit for the like, write Mm the PhD, the document at the end, the approval of your teacher. Um And that like transitioning from that world of a solid 30 ish years of mm-hmm. academia, which is very like external validation, like receive this grade, go to the next level and this approval, and then you come to entrepreneurship and it's not like that. Right. And I think I thought that that approval was like revenue or something. Yeah. And that's like fucked up. And that gets in your head, especially when money is, is an issue as well. So having to work through that. So I think for me, unlearning this idea of like external validation means you're good or successful or you deserve an A. Doesn't it can't translate in entrepreneurship, and if it does, it's going to burn you out and kill you. And I think that's the lesson I had to learn. Um, mm-hmm. There was no one, you know. I, I'm not the first person to say that in entrepreneurship, but like I lived it, and I think. Um, if you can tell where, like how you um, are motivated by things and where that motivation comes from, that was part of my journey. And then as I watched my friends, like set revenue goals and just like blow them out of the water, I couldn't do that. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't physically. And there was something where I was just like, why can't, why don't I care about that? That number's just made up. I kept saying in my head, like, why? And it's like, that doesn't drive me. Right. And so until I figured out things that drove me, um, then I was able to like build something that felt really good. And like that teaching moments drive me, right? Like, and yeah. I was like, how do I teach more? And so when I started asking myself those questions, and so just because your friends are like Enneagram threes, and they just like <laughs> set goals, hit them, <laughs> blow them out of the water, right? I have a lot of threes. There's a lot yeah. of threes of entrepreneurship. And I need them in my life because mm-hmm. they're also really inspirational. Um, but I'm like, I was trying to be them back to this thing of like trying to right. be someone you're not. And it's like going and saying like, what does make me excited? Like clearly like having money supports me and there's a security thing there right. um, that I need to work through, but like it might not make me build a business. And um, what does that mean? And I think that, that I've been exploring that even more this year. I think you just get deeper into it. Like it's it yeah. more nuanced, the more yeah. things you try and experiment with.
0: Totally. Right. It's like the whole life journey again, like coming back to just like, the more you go, like the deeper you get. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, I thought it was this, it was this surprise. Yep. But You can't uncover that unless you go down the path. Right. Nope. Yeah. Can I ask like with where you are kind of now and like, uh, you have like the highest revenue you've had, right? Like, uh, I mean, yeah. what feels like important to you now or what, what kind of grounds you as like your why and like that you feel allows you to expand like this?
1: Hmm. I think, I think what I realized this year specifically was creating something that really was innovative or is innovative and different in the market, um, makes me excited. I'm a creator, but I like, and I'm a generator, but I can't do that constantly. (laughs) And in fact, I like to like, also like, um, I think that energy can uh, like drive us where you're just creating things randomly and that isn't good. And so this year I was able to, yeah, create um, my encore social like tool. And it was like, wow, this is so different. Like no one's doing it. Like and it was so fun and easy to put out there mm-hmm. um, and write copy for and do all the things. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's, fun. And then, you know, launching Hello Audio while maybe we struggled with some co-founder stuff and like whatever. Right. The idea though, and like when I get to talk about it and when I, and, and how easy it is for me to sell, like we, I literally shared a link embedded in a comment in someone's Facebook group. And I think I made like five lifetime license sales, wow. multiple hundreds of dollars and didn't even comment to these people. And it's like, it's just because it's so unique and exciting and different and such a unique way of looking at it. And that's like where I thrive that it's that kind of creativity that's gets me going and my husband too, who's like a physicist. And so he's really big on like creative problem solving and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, that's what drives us. And so if something's feeling stale, like I'm actually feeling a little stale about on Course social Mm-hmm. and it's like do we create something else do we do a new funnel what could that look like and what would be fun and easy to create and so we mm-hmm. we get and it's like and i think what i want to point out about this too is there's these you know, moments of creation and moments of hibernation and like and doing some other things and creation. And so we doubled down on Encore Social and tightened up the email sequences and did all that like not fun creative stuff. Yeah. I hired that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got done, right? And so now we're at this point where we're like, oh, what is next? And maybe it is just all this energy into the software and the marketing around that. And um, and it's probably that. And so yeah, I guess my my thing would be um as it relates to like what drives you mm-hmm. um, because for other people it might be numbers and like, you know, that like fine tuning, like yeah. Jerisha, right? Like I think she's totally mm-hmm. in the fine tuning. And so she goes back and she looks at her products and she's fine tuning. I'm not a fine tuner. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I get the excitement out of pushing something new out, but I reined myself back from not pushing something new out like constantly. I wasn't um, that was, and that was a decision. It doesn't mean that was right, right or right. wrong. It was like, this is now, how I want to set my life up. And so, um, yeah, I think creating the slow funnel and having that work well allowed us to build our software and dedicate Mm. time to that. And so I think, I think that's what was going on internally. was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take from this and like, give it here. Um,
0: yeah,
1: it's kind of cool how you
0: can make choices to like, create more space for yourself in this. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And only you can do that because where the space shows up looks different for different people. Like what,
0: what right because it's value space like where do you even want space right mm-hmm. that's interesting to me too even at just listening to you talk about that and going back to you talking about that teacher and like math not being like or that oh, yeah. being harder but also she honored the artist part of you yep. and it sounds like now like the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world has really like given you the space to honor both like the artist and the the math, the numbers, the strategy is there, but also there's this world of creation available.
1: Oh yeah. A thousand percent. And I think that's always something I struggled with is like, I'm not good at math. That's like
0: such an unlearning thing, right?
1: Such an unlearning thing. And I, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of what I worked through in therapy was I'm not a good CEO. I'm still working through that. Cause like, as if, the perfect CEO has no problems, right. um, which is crazy. Right. And so, yeah, right. we have these things like, I'm not good. I'm not good at that. And like, like what's not true and like, how can you play with that? Right. And like, yeah. um, yeah,
0: yeah. It's been, it's been a fascinating. Journey. All right. I've got one last question for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think the like grandmother, like elder crone version of you is like? What? <laughs> no idea I like saw my grandma's face pop up that was, yeah. was me, like oh, I don't know <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> do you want another last question <laughs> we can circle back to this I might have, I just, have to circle back yeah so it's so funny because <laughs> I answers asked in the show notes <laughs> I asked this question the other day for the first time and the it was Jerisha actually who just yeah. came up on this and she knew exactly who her grandmother person was and I was like wow I don't know who mine is. I just had my grandmother in my head. So I think it's an interesting thing even just to be like, because if we're, you know, we always think about our our visions and our cash projections and blah, blah, blah. But like, who the hell is old lady me? And like, what is she going to be like? What does she need? How can I set her up for success? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Different last question. When was the last time you laughed so hard you cried? I know exactly the
1: moment. My husband—he's gone more down the TikTok route, than, you know, but he also is like a Reddit person, so he knows yeah. the memes and the weird videos. Like he's always the first to know, um, way before like Facebook. And Derek came in the room trying to show me a video. And I literally can't even recount it. It had an animal, could not even tell you what was happening. He was laughing so hard, he couldn't even show it to me. And we both were laughing at how much we were laughing. And I was like, are you even going to show me this stupid video? And I watched <laughs> it. I didn't even laugh at the video. But I was laughing so hard at him giggling. Like it was like literally he was a little kid and was about to show me something so and it like wasn't even yep. that
0: funny <laughs> oh, that oh is my totally god ridiculous. I love that witnessing someone else's like joy and delight is one of the funniest things yeah and then it was just we were laughing so
1: hard at I didn't even know what the video could be that was making him laugh so hard so then it was the tension was all in before I saw the video and not even the video itself yeah oh
0: my god so <laughs> that's good. when All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for having this conversation. You'll have to come back so we can talk more. I want to dig in even further. Um, If you could leave people with one thing, what's the message? Oh, shit. Ah. Um, I don't
1: even know. Like, yeah, yeah, I like what you were saying at the beginning, this idea of like our identity, like you don't um, find an identity, like it's not a quiz Mm. or like whatever, like it is always becoming like you've always becoming a if you're doing it right i would say right, right you're right. always revealing like a piece and so there's no like arrival at like i am this and and i think it's like constantly happening and i think the older we get right there you you experience so much other stuff that you could never predict like who you were going to become. Like, I, I didn't even know. Well, I mean, literally, this world didn't even exist when we were kids, right? right. So right. we couldn't even imagine it. So, this idea that you find yourself, it's not, you're like literally creating yourself as you go through life. And so, like, what do you want to create? Who do you want to be? You get to create those identities and step fully into them and honor all the pieces of you. So, I don't know, something fancy, a quote. Nailed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: whole, that whole last sentence is a TED Talk. I love it so much. There you go. Awesome. All right. And we are all teachers. So thank you so much for being here and uh, go stop Lindsay. She's a good one. (laughs) Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter everything you're doing and everything you've done. It all matters. It all counts. Because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com, or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Aaron Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.